This is the IEEE USA Insight Podcast, episode number eight, a monthly program featuring news, information, and updates from IEEE USA headquarters in Washington, D.C. And now your host, Chris McMains. Thank you, John. Let's begin with some IEEE USA news. Peter Eckstein, who will succeed Jim Jeffries as IEEE USA president on January 1st, held a 2016 planning meeting recently with top IEEE USA volunteers. Eckstein presented his vision for what he would like the organization to accomplish in the new year. The four vice presidents chosen to help him lead the organization are Career and Member Services, Mauro Tonieri, Communications and Public Awareness, Ron Jensen, Government Relations, Maura Moran, and Professional Activities, Guru Madhavan. Bala Prasanna will serve as secretary-treasurer, and Devin Ryan will be our young professionals' representative. Dr. Gary Blank will drop off the board as past president, and Karen Peterson will serve as president-elect. Eckstein, from Long Island, New York, is retired from Northrop Grumman Corporation and is an adjunct professor at three colleges, including the United States Merchant Marine Academy. Ed Perkins, Candy Robinson, and Charles Rubenstein have been chosen to run for 2017 IEEE USA president-elect. Wale Akpose and Peter Winokur are candidates for member-at-large. You will have the opportunity to learn more about the candidates' positions in 2016. Are you looking for some ideas for celebrating Engineers Week 2016, February 21st to 27th? If so, join Discovery for an informative webinar on Tuesday, January 12th from noon to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. The event will present easy-to-implement activities and review turnkey resources you can use to celebrate engineering and successfully introduce students to the profession. Search for Engineers Week 2016 planning webinar to register. IEEE USA is looking for U.S. IEEE graduate and undergraduate student members with strong communication skills to report on science, technology, and engineering news. The successful candidate will work full-time for a media organization in the summer of 2016. Positions include reporters, researchers, and production assistants, including radio and TV stations, newspapers and magazines, both print and electronic. Fellows receive a weekly stipend and travel expenses. For more on the program, search for IEEE USA and Mass Media Fellows. The deadline to apply is Friday, January 15th. Now it's time for IEEE USA eBook Corner, highlighting new existing and free eBooks available to IEEE members. IEEE USA eBooks has just launched a new eBook series, Developing Your People, Common Sense Leadership in the Workplace, by renowned author Harry T. Roman. The first release in this new series is Volume 1, Key Skills Employees Will Need. Roman writes that there is no greater opportunity or responsibility in the workplace than being a leader or manager in charge of developing employees, for you will shape their careers and help them realize their dreams. This three-volume ebook series will explore common-sense ways to guide employees as they grow. 
Roman bases the information in these books on 36-plus years in business, managing and leading employees, as well as leading numerous interdisciplinary project teams. He says he attained much of his knowledge and wisdom from fellow IEEE members who have served as his bosses, co-workers, and longtime friends. The three volumes in this trilogy will be Volume 1, Key Skills Employees Will Need, Volume 2, Employee Development Strategies, and Volume 3, Career Management, Teamwork, and Empowerment. In this first volume, Roman counsels that your company is in the information business, and regardless of the products or services you choose to produce, information is your life's blood. Further, he says the most critical process in any company today is the innovation process, and it is the ability to convert data and information into competitive knowledge that can be used to gain market advantage. He notes that those companies that can innovate cheaply and efficiently will be the ones around to celebrate their successes. Roman writes that the ability to innovate comes from the people on your team. He says that humans convert data and information into knowledge. Assisted by computers, databases, and industry knowledge, they apply their insights, skills, and special talents to problems. He stresses that a company's employees strive to make sense of the rapidly changing world, and they do it all to benefit their managers, their leaders, and their companies. Roman says the equation of success in the information age is that competent people plus computerized tools plus access to information plus leadership plus empowerment equals success. In Volume 1, Roman explores the realities of the information age and different kinds of skills. He explains the critical skills employees will need for individual and company success and offers tips for managers, leaders, and employees on developing these skills. Developing Your People, Common Sense Leadership in the Workplace, Volume 1, Key Skills Employees Will Need, is now available at the special discount of $7.99 to members and $9.99 for non-members at shop.ieeeusa.org. Get it today. In the IEEE USA Insight Spotlight, we bring you close up to a newsmaker or public figure with a quick one-on-one interview. This month, Chris talks with IEEE Smart Grid Chair and University of Minnesota Professor Dr. Masood Amin. He coined the term Smart Grid in the 1990s. He now discusses how modernization of the electric grid has benefited the world. I'm here with Dr. Masood Amin at the IEEE Power and Energy Society General Meeting in Denver. And Masood, thank you very much for uh, for taking some time to to uh, speak with me and to uh, help our listeners understand that you are the gentleman who came up with the term smart grid. And as we were joking around a little bit earlier, it's not just that you came up with the term, but you developed this whole program back in 1998 when you were working for EPRI, the Electric Power Research Institute. So can you tell us a little bit about the the beginnings of uh, of smart grid and, as you also said, the, uh, the smart self-healing grid. Thank you very much, Chris. Uh, it has been a pleasure. It has been a privilege. And uh, before joining Electric Power Research Institute in January of 1998, I had worked for about 14, 15 years on several projects with NASA, Ames, McDonnell Douglas, Boeing, U.S. Air Force on control and stabilization 
of combat systems, including F-15 aircraft with a missing wing, uh, aircraft landing through wind shear, uh, and helicopters that as they maneuvered, they would uh, vibrate. So they want you wanted to. So I had worked a lot on devices and then squadrons, and then the whole combat system. Even my doctoral dissertation at Washington University in St. Louis, which I did in, uh, in the area of um, prediction and navigation methodologies for autonomous vehicles in combat, required overly of sensors, communication, security, over a complex network, combat, and logistic network. So it moved, my work had moved in those 14, 15 years from uh, single aircraft, squadrons of aircraft, to the entire logistic network for the U.S. Transportation Command, which is Air, Land, and Sea, and U.S. Air Mobility Command. And it required fueling, crews, aircraft, bases. If something goes wrong, how do you keep the mission effectiveness? If an aircraft to go out, if the fueling is disabled, how do you handle it? So when I moved to EPRI as the head of mathematics and information sciences, on January 27th, I presented to the research advisory committee uh, a program at the time uh, we, uh, the presentation was called Toward the Secure and Smart Self-Healing Grid. And the proposal was to join the Department of Defense, co-fund a program called EPRI DOD Complex Interactive Networks Initiative. It was successful. We launched it six months later, had more than 98 universities, I think close to 100, 203 universities, who sent us proposals with, with industry partners. We selected the top 28, 108 professors, over 240 grad students and postdocs, and the money came from every 58% of the funding came from my budget, and about $6 million a year, and 42% came from Department of Defense, from, DD, uh, from the Director of Defense for Research and Engineering, and we extracted, after four years, we extracted 24 technologies out of it. And uh, the umbrella over seven of those technologies that had to do with sensing, with control of complex interdependent networks, we called it Smart Self-Healing Grid. However, at the time when I presented the word smart grid, I got pushback, that you are saying that the grid is dumb, just call it something else. So, so for a long time, I, I dropped the smart and I called it self-healing grid. Mm -hmm. And then at EPRI, we developed IntelliGrid, but all behind the scenes, the word we used was smart grid or smart self-healing grid. That was the word internally we used with colleagues and, and throughout the work. So that work led to quite a bit, and pretty much for the last 17 and a half years, I've continued everything that I had learned the prior 15 years for combat, overlay of sensors, communication, to improve objectives, resilience, security, reliability, and efficiency, basically optimization loops, closing loops where we had never closed before with certain objectives in complex systems, and not just one layer, not just power grid, but fueling, power, communication, and markets, and also emissions. Being able to do a holistic system modeling, go very deep in the level of the dynamics, if we have numbers, if we have actual physics to describe it, or what information is missing. And that's the connection to real-time IT systems, to uh, basically PMUs, phaser uh, area, or micro 
versions of those for smaller systems. These foundations basically serve um, the work on aeronautics, combining mathematical foundations of nonlinear dynamic systems, differential game theory, stochastic optimization, dynamic risk assessment, artificial intelligence, and control communication power energy networks laid the foundation for the basis of smart self-healing grid or self-healing concepts. So as my research continued, I moved from studying survival of um, systems to how to make them more resilient to a broad array of destabilizers and how to measure whatever objectives, societal objectives or business objectives, policy objectives we have. And, and this, uh, the original vision remains the same. The vision was transformed uh, the electric power system into smart grid and integrated self-healing electronically controlled secure and resilient power system and to electrify transportation to use electricity basically as the tool makers dream to enable economic growth for uh, for uh, individuals that we have really not used electricity to the full potential that it has the many opportunities that are afforded to us in the last century, a lot more in the convergence of IT, telecom, energy systems, and electric power, uh, there is a lot more that remains to be done and we can do as we look forward to the next few decades or even hopefully beyond that. Mm -hmm. So smart grid, uh, you know, it's basically the, the modernization of the electric grid, which hadn't undergone many changes since it was uh, first uh, first conceived and, and put into motion. And uh, you, you do that by applying the, the latest computer, communications, control, power electronics to the, uh, to the electric grid. And I was wondering how, in these past 17 years, how, how is smart grid deployment going in the United States and in the world right now? There has been great success, great advancement. Um, <clears throat> you know, if you had asked me 18 years ago how long it would take for smart grid deployments to materialize, Chris, I would usually say using available technology at the time and available resources, phasing in real-time information systems, my initial guess, I even had a, a, a table, worked it out, was somewhere around 2007 to 2010. So it was a nine, 10, nine-year plan, 12-year plan. It could be done from all the way from control centers with better measurement, PMUs, closing the loops, to distribution networks, to smart homes and smart devices. Even in EPRI, in 99, we created a simulation what would that future system look like with electric cars at home, with aging workforce population, and what would it be for developing parts of the world in terms of microgrids and so on. We even called it local area grids or microgrids way back then. There has been widespread success. Uh, so my original prediction was too aggressive and ambitious, uh, and it never happened in that phase. But I'm grateful. There have been smart grid efforts globally in Europe, Japan, China, Korea, India, South America, Latin America, and North America. Progress has been mostly, most of it has occurred in the last six, seven years, and is steady. And the prediction for the total market for this range from $350 billion by 2020 
to even much more in terms of business opportunity and enablement of better services and uh, value to the consumers. So there are many different layers of the, what I call the Russian nested doll. The innermost element of it are the consumers. That's what we build the system around them. So it depends which layer we look at. And different countries have had different priorities in some countries that have had problems with reliability or expansion. They have focused on the backbone of the grid in the countries that they want to show the value to the customer and visible to the customer has been mostly on the distribution system. Or where real outages at the distribution system has been an issue, that has been where the value has been. So there has been quite a bit, and it's actually steady. Through the IEEE Smart Grid, we feature many of them. Just in the last few months, we had featured uh, uh, the progress, best of the best progress in EU, mm -hmm. in Asia, and there is more coming in the future few, few months. So please, uh, the listeners, if they go to IEEE Smart Grid portal, they can find out all the last uh, four articles a month for the last nearly five years that we have published. A whole segment of them can be searched on what progress has been made globally. Um, so quite a bit of work, foundational work on, uh, for the distribution system on AMI has been done on smart uh, meter deployment, as well as on the better situational assessment at every level, from distribution to backbone to high voltage transmission. And, and a lot of it has led to consumer power and enablement, reducing uh, replacement cost or long-term investment, integrating renewable sources, and more and more we are going to see more microgrids, more storage devices as part of that, and electrification of transportation where possible. So there are many, and Department of Energy had a fantastic smart grid report showing the value created and the progress made that we featured in IEEE Smart Grid in the last five years in this area. For every million dollars that were spent on smart grid investments in the United States, it has returned, even in the short term, at $2.4 million in economic activity for that. So it's the most uh, immediate term and long term strategically that value goes up to somewhere between 2.4 to $6 million per million invested in smart grid technologies in the broadest sense. And if we make it more specific, that value can even be higher. Um, in a nutshell, the benefits uh, far outweigh the costs of this. And I can go through details how many millions, billions are needed, and what's the economic return, what's the savings in CO2 reduction, that we don't have a carbon pricing at this time and what is the improvement in resiliency and, and ability also to make the overall system a lot more efficient, about 4 to 5 percent more efficient, and at the minimum that's about $20 billion a year in savings. Mm -hmm. Reducing outages, at a minimum it would reduce cost of outages in the United States by $49 billion. It would localize outages or, or even uh, altogether reduce them by an order of magnitude. But it depends how far we go. The cost of doing the smart grid and enhancing the transmission backbone and local systems is about 25 to $30 billion for 20 years. The benefit of it per year 
at the very least is about 85 billion in reduced outages and increased overall uh, power, the whole end-to-end -end basically usage becoming 5% more efficient, and also carbon emissions will reduce 12 to 18% by 2030. And economic activity, whether we look at transmission expansion that we need to integrate renewable sources that are far away from population centers, as well as in transportation, in smart grid jobs, that is huge. It's about 211,000 jobs just for the transmission side, and that's sustainable. So quite a bit in summary, progress in the U.S. in North America at some level has been slower than the rest of the world mainly because of the uncertainty over policy and because of the diversity of stakeholders and because it's a cultural change. It's not just IT. It's not just power systems. It's a lot more bringing automation and controls in a holistic way, but in a judicious, very smart, careful way, measured way into the system. So uh, that is a culture change. But I'm delighted to see that over the years, it has been steadily, especially in the last five, six years, going forward. Well, Masood, thank you very much for that overview and, and look into the past of uh, where Smart Grid has come from and where it is and how it continues to evolve and pay many benefits for, uh, for our nation and for the world. So thank you very much, and uh, next time you're in Washington, I hope we can uh, get together again. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for your terrific articles. I follow them carefully. I read them with enjoyment. And the terrific work that our you colleagues do in Washington, D.C., at IEEE and IEEE USA. Thank you. Thank you, Masood. It's time for your IEEE USA conference update. We've had a great portfolio of IEEE USA co-sponsored conferences and exhibitions addressing diverse areas of policy and professionalism in 2015, and we have exciting events to come in 2016. Take a moment to put some on your calendar and consider making a presentation at or attending some of them. Ring in the new year on the 2nd through the 4th of January 2016 at the Rising Stars Conference in Las Vegas, Nevada, where students and young professionals come to connect and be inspired. As the premier student event in Region 6, this conference will bring together the most promising students and young professionals from within the region to inspire each other and network with top tech companies from around the world. Speakers will include 2016 IEEE USA President Peter Eckstein, Jamie Garcia of IBM, Monica Griffin from Raytheon Strategic Missile Defense, Dr. Karen Panetta, the Associate Dean for Graduate Education, a Professor of Electrical and Computer Engineering, and the Director of the Simulation Research Laboratory at Tufts University, and William Pomerantz, VP of Virgin Galactic. IEEE Region 6 is holding a competition at the conference and will offer $1,500 in prize money to student winners who upload a persuasive pitch for their next project, company idea, or hackathon team. So get to the Rising Stars Conference. And remember, what happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas. Other conferences of note coming in 2016 are the IEEE Green Technologies Conference, Green Tech, on the 7th through 8th of April in Kansas City, Missouri, the 2016 IEEE International Symposium on Technologies for Homeland Security on the 10th through 12th of May in Waltham, Massachusetts in the Boston area, 
the IEEE International Symposium of Ethics in Engineering Science and Technology, Ethics 2016 in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, on the 13th through the 15th of May, and the IEEE Photovoltaic Specialists Conference on the 5th through 10th of June in Portland, Oregon. Plan ahead and put these conferences on your calendar. For more information on upcoming conferences, go to IEEEUSA.org slash conferences. Hope you can attend some of these exciting conferences and events. Remember, networking with your peers is one of your most valuable professional tools. Don't miss these great opportunities. I'm Georgia Stelluto for IEEE USA. IEEE USA's free monthly ebook to members in January is Leading and Managing Engineering and Technology, Book 4, What It Takes to Be a Manager Leader. Author Gus Gaynor's final book in the series is designed to stimulate your thinking about the requirements for becoming a manager leader, to consider the risks involved, and to ask what he calls independent professional contributors and their managers to develop new mindsets regarding their roles in an organization's leadership. From January 1st through February 15th, IEEE members can download a complimentary copy of this ebook by going to IEEE USA shop and using promo code JANFREE. A complimentary ebook is offered to IEEE members every month and is among a variety of benefits of IEEE membership. The IEEE USA shop site has many other ebooks available for download either free or at a nominal cost. IEEE USA will offer two free webinars in January, one on IEEE Collaboratech and one on emotional intelligence. IEEE Collaboratech is the Institute's new integrated online community where technology professionals can network, collaborate, and create all in one central hub. Join Justine Spack, IEEE's online community specialist, who will provide a demonstration of the many functions available within Collaboratech. She'll walk you through everything from setting up your profile to showcasing the variety of sub-communities. Whether you've already joined IEEE Collaboratech or would like to find out more about it, this presentation is for you. The webinar will be held on Thursday, January 14th, from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Our other complimentary webinar will feature emotional intelligence, the ability to recognize and manage your emotions and the emotions of others. According to helpguide.org, when you can do this in positive ways, it helps to relieve stress, communicate effectively, empathize with others, overcome challenges, and diffuse conflict. Our presenter is Elizabeth Lyons, an accomplished executive coach, author, speaker, and career counselor who helps people gain employment and get ahead in the workplace. She will discuss the importance of emotional intelligence and what you can do to improve yours. Join Elizabeth on Friday, January 15th from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Time. To register for these events, search for IEEE USA webinars. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. I'm Chris McMains in Washington, wishing you and your family a wonderful day and happy new year. This has been the IEEE USA Insight Podcast. Join us again next month as we take a look at news, information, and updates from IEEE USA. 
If you have feedback you'd like to share, please connect with us by commenting on our IEEE USA Insight article. Send us email at insightpodcast at IEEEUSA.org. Visit Facebook at facebook.com slash IEEEUSA or Twitter at IEEEUSA. I'm John Yaglenski. Thanks for tuning in.